Building my business at snoutschool.com led me to meet a lot of amazing women, all with different, unique talents. Some, like me, were within the veterinary industry, and some were outside of it. But no matter where you work, there's traditionally been this fear of sharing, of truly supporting one another. But the more women I met, all with rare, interesting areas of expertise, the more I saw the ways they could support and guide each other. Essentially, I started asking myself a simple question. What if she helped her? I'm Danielle Lambert, and this podcast is about answering that basic question within veterinary medicine and beyond. All right, everybody. It is Danielle from snoutschool.com. We are starting this podcast with our first episode under some unusual circumstances, to say the least. My intention with this um, has definitely been to have something that was going to be a resource for people to help you in any sort of situation. And so today, in a very special, unique situation. Uh, We are joined by my dear friend, Dr. Jessica Vogelsang, founder of pawcurious.com, and somebody who has been talking telemedicine since back in the day, like 2014 OG telemedicine. She's been medical director for a Uh, telemedicine company and she has been blogging her little heart out I feel like in the last few days as uh, picks up. So Jessica, thank you um, for joining me on um, my first podcast here ever. (laughs) This feels right. Oh, thank you. I know, I know. We're broadcasting from the bunker together. It's it's very appropriate. I am in my boyfriend's spare bedroom and so if this sounds echoey, hopefully our uh, new podcast girl is going to make this sound good, but I, yeah. <laughs> My man, Marco. Yeah. We yeah. better all get used to echoey sounding podcasts. Like that's the least yeah. of our concerns. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. And I think it's sort of fitting because you know, this podcast again was all about how can I kind of connect people that know things to people that need to know them. And telemedicine is absolutely something that people need support in right now. Um, I, yeah. I know today you really kicked off your Facebook group on the subject. Can you tell me a little bit about what inspired that? Yeah, so it's actually really funny. Like, you know, I've been talking about telemedicine for about six years now, and I've been like the crazy person on the street corner um, pretty much my entire career, you know, <laughs> and so I'm sort of used to that. Um, and in 2018, Right around the time I was working with this um, telehealth, teleadvice triage company, I parked the Veterinary Telemedicine Association because I realized that nobody had really sort of taken any um, leadership or just ownership of the concept. Um, and it sat there until today. <laughs> it was yeah. like nobody wanted to talk about it. And then it went, we went from like zero to 100 in the space of about a week. And I feel like, you know, most of the industry has had the luxury of not needing to think about it, you know, and the only people who are thinking about how telehealth and telemedicine works are the people that just kind of like technology, like being ahead. And so everybody's sort of in panic mode where we're being told, like in the space of 48 hours, you need to change how you practice medicine. And that's really super scary. Um, But I've been thinking about it for six years. So you can ask me your questions because I've actually... You know, it's really not nearly as scary as as we think. And we're going to go over some sort of some big concepts today, I think, and just some things that you need to know to understand that there's a lot you can do without having to sort of 
reshuffle your whole life because it's already getting shuffled enough. Like, let's not make oh this my gosh. one more. Right. <laughs> That's the thing is like, I have so much empathy for how many things people are being kind of uh, thrown right now. You know, we're doing so yeah. much over at 7S Society to kind of make sure your business is in order. Um, but this is a whole other topic to really address. And oh my gosh, I was, I, we've been joking. I, I've been calling you my Oracle all week because you totally are somebody that has been that crazy person on the corner screaming, yeah. away, you need to do stuff. Right. And I think yeah. you and I both have had that experience with, with technology and veterinary medicine. Um, I think a lot of times people think we are just trying to overcomplicate things and we are kind of trying to take away what from what's important in front of them. But technology is such a powerful resource. And I think we're getting a crash course in that uh, yes. right now. So I, I love that you started up the group that will link uh, that up in the show notes to make sure people have access to that for sure so that they can kind of see how other people are using this, um, something yeah, I think it's totally yeah. crowdsourced. Yeah. And I think that is actually what we need right now. Right. I think something you and I were kind of discussing is this isn't about getting in and doing big complicated cases right off the bat. No. Um, no. what do you think, you know, what do you think are the best uses for quote unquote telemedicine right off the bat right now? Yeah. Okay. So. Um, the first thing people need to understand is like telemedicine is just one tiny little sliver of this big thing that we call telehealth, right? So telemedicine is very, very specifically about you diagnosing and prescribing for a pet. And as we all know, like a huge chunk of our practice, it's not that. It's like the follow-up and it's maintaining patients where we've already seen that. It's giving them advice about when they should come in, when they shouldn't come in. And so that is a teeny tiny chunk. That being said, um, almost every state, I think North Carolina is the only outlier and they're insane. I think they're going to have to change their rules pretty quickly. But um, up until I learned that every other state was allowing you to diagnose and prescribe using remote means if you already had a VCPR. So like everybody who's already client, you can do telemedicine like that should right. be legal. And so everybody's freaking out about how it would never work. It would never work only applies to people that aren't actually your clients, which is, right. you know, not really who we're focusing on right now. Um, so instead of focusing on the people that you can't help or your hands are being tied, like we really just need to um, individually on a case-by-case -case basis and a clinic-by-clinic -clinic basis, understand what are my immediate needs, what are my problems, start with the simple ones, and just ask yourself, like, how can I use technology to make this better? So I'll give you, like, the most basic example. People are doing curbside pickup right now, which is brilliant, because our mandate is to create physical space between people, yes. right? That, that's the, that is the big thing right here. Um, the pet care hasn't changed. It's about us limiting our, our contact with each other. And so simply picking up the phone, calling the clinic and saying, I'm here, is an example of telehealth. Anything that's not you talking directly to someone else face-to-face -face is telehealth. So just start thinking about that stuff before you start thinking about telemedicine. How can I use technology to increase space? Um, yeah. Do I already have two-way messaging? Like Those are just things that simplify your life. And so... I think the big hurdle right now is just changing people's mindsets and understanding. I think everybody's going, oh my God, mm -hmm. I need to do telemedicine. Get me a platform. Oh my God. Right, and just like right. freaking out, right? And you're going to get overwhelmed. Like, it, don't it's crazy. start. 
don't start with the neurosurgery, like start with <laughs> sutures. Right, <laughs> right, know? exactly. Like keeping it super basic. And I think it's such a good point, you know, that that we kind of already do this stuff, right? Like I think when you say telemedicine, everybody has a heart attack and goes to try to get an app or something, uh, which is absolutely an option. But as a former practice manager, I know how hard it can be to like implement new technology at a practice. Yeah. And so yeah. right off the bat, like you said, like what do you already have pre-existing? Um, I mean, I grew up um, you know, watching my dad on the phone all the time with clients, you know, calling, texting, you know, filling things. I think maybe growing up in New England kind of uh, uniquely prepares you for a pandemic situation because you have nor'easters and get thrown in with five feet. So you, you are used to um, pet owners freaking out and calling ahead and you have to kind of field those things and say, oh yeah, you know what? Maybe you do need a backup, you know, thing of Momentumax. You know, like you kind of ha- have to, play it a little fast and loose when, when those things come up. Um, and I know the, the VCPR seems to be the biggest thing on people's minds, but it, it varies state by state. But at the same time, overall, if you've seen a pet before, you're, you're probably good to talk to the pet owner. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, story. you, you are like up at, like literally today, somebody told me North Carolina mm-hmm. sent out a statement and I, I really would be shocked if that wasn't upended in very, very short order, because honestly, like that has been the state of affairs this entire time. And people don't realize it with your currently existing clients. You can do whatever the hell you want. And people are like, Oh, well, you know, that's not appropriate in this case, in that case. And, and all I can keep thinking is right. Yes, that's exactly true. And that is your clinical judgment as a veterinarian. And that's what you're supposed to be doing is saying this works in this scenario. If it sounds like your pet blew a disc, no, they got to come in. Like these, right? Nobody is trying to tell you that you have to do telemedicine and and wrestle your arm behind your back. Like that's not the point at all. We're trying to give right. you tools so that, like you said, let's say you have a little lady, um, and her dog has these recurring ear infections, and she's in quarantine, and she's like hysterically crying because she's scared she's going to get sick if she leaves the house. Like. Mm-hmm. You, she is not going to bring that. She's not going to do it or she can't. Right. Right? right. So what are you going to do? Like legally, it is perfectly within your legal jurisdiction say, for example, in the state of California, if she's a current client, give her another damn tube of momentum acts. Like yeah. for me, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, maybe you're not. And then you don't. Right? right. But we're all being asked to understand that in 48 hours, the standard of care of veterinary medicine has shifted seismically because that's what defines really that's what defines what we can and can't do standard of care the standard of care has been completely turned on its head and that's it's shocking and we're all still absorbing it but you know we're entering literally like war zone and I know that's not like if you're listening to this today whatever day this is March what is it? Oh my God. March 19th. Like that sounds like, Ooh, doom is scary. And if you're listening to this podcast three weeks later, you're going to be like, yep. God yeah. damn it. It's crazy. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, so we got to get out of our heads and just right. kind of be a little fast and loose. And, and to me, what I always keep coming back to, like, I, I think um, you and I were just talking about this the other day. I'm Helen Chu. She yes. is a physician in Seattle and she had all of these nasal samples from a flu study she was doing and she's like oh my god we 
we need to test if these sick people actually have COVID-19. And she was told, no, you have to do this. And the bureaucrats gave her all these rules. And she looked around and she's like, I'm just going to do the right thing. And she was one of the first people who lit the fire under everybody's butt saying this is what's coming. And you just, is she going to be remembered as somebody who's a bad person because she didn't follow the rules? Or did she do the right thing and save a lot of lives? Like, to me, that's sort of the question that we're all going to be asking ourselves in in the coming days. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's where I think my biggest fear lies right now in general is this obsession with still following every protocol and procedure. So obviously I'm not a veterinarian, so I don't know what it's like to feel like my license is on the line for something. Right. And I completely respect that people are going to have to do what they feel is right. But do I think realistically anybody's going to come out after you for that extra, you know, dose of Amenamax? Um, for some reason, that's going to be our theme for this, this podcast. I know, um, I know. Well, and you know what, Danielle, like, <laughs> but, but I think that's really important to contextualize it because everybody thinks what we're doing is like trying to give people home neurosurgery solutions. And that's not the case at right. all. Like to me, when I'm looking at how this is going to play out, like if a lot of practices are running on minimal staff um, and limited hours, what we're trying to do is save our colleagues in ER from being absolutely swamped. So exactly. With nobody's infections. <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. Those pers- yes. emergencies. I know yeah. uh, Ashley Bourgeois uh, at the Derm Vet that does all of her amazing things over on Instagram about dermatology. She literally said something about that earlier today. Like, yes, yeah. we are still open, and some people are like, "Why are you open?" And it's like to relieve the you know influx of perceived emergencies because. I don't know about you, but I, I actually joked about this and, and apparently this is the Momentum X podcast, but that's like the one thing I keep on hand for Archer is some sure. Momentum because the second your dog starts shaking his head and you're in quarantine and he won't stop doing it, <laughs> that's, that's oh, when yeah. people are going to, to be coming out. So I think, you know, the moral of the story here is, you know, do what feels right in your gut, obviously, but at the same time, you might be needing to be a little bit more flexible in what that looks like. Like it, it happens at the doctor level, but it also happens, you know, for our teams. Like I saw some people, you know, okay, if you're doing curbside, uh, you know, uh, check-in, we always do, you know, sign a treatment plan beforehand. What are you guys doing? Guys, like right now, <laughs> let's not, it's like some things are going to have to go out the window and perfectionism is going to have to, to wait until, you know, we get yeah. back to, to normal. Okay. <laughs> just like all you type A's out there, it is probably like 80% of the field. I, it's going to be rough. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be rough. But um, to your point about telemedicine, like when you look at the use case scenarios, both in human medicine and in veterinary medicine, it is the basic stuff. Like by design, it's dermatology, it's behavior, it's stable chronic conditions. And, and that is extraordinarily valuable because what we are doing is clearing the runway for the real emergencies to get the care yes. that they need. Just like it is, just like we're talking about on the human side, right? Like we are just trying to clear those beds for the serious cases. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with telehealth. So think about it that way. I think, and it sort of makes it a little bit easier to understand. Like, again, everybody's focusing on worst case, worst case, worst case. If a dog's bloating, they need to go to the ER. 
If a dog's right. shaking his head, yeah, it would be awesome if they could come in and you could look at it with the otoscope. Um, I don't know. You got you have to think it. That's your clinical judgment. Is this a dumb dog who's always getting foxtails in his ears because you know mm -hmm. he can't keep his face out of the bushes versus a dog who's, you know, atopic and has been having these issues for a while. But the whole point is that is exactly what it's here for. It is for your clinical judgment and, and trust that you're going to make the right decisions. And we have to give ourselves a little grace and a little permission to know that you know what the hell you're doing and you know what's appropriate and what isn't. Like, don't yeah. wait for someone else to tell you. You're a good doctor. That's why you have a license. And, and you know how to use this. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm like totally dating myself and I think about MASH. Like, are you Hawkeye? Are you the, the ones who always ran around with their hat saying, but that's a good start regulations. Like it's. Uh. <laughs> well, it's, it's so true, right? Like I think it, I, something that I have really seen in the last couple of days, just completely unrelated to just telemedicine as a topic, but seriously, people who are more entrepreneurial and willing to just make changes and do things and execute are really, I think, who's going to survive and thrive in this situation. Yeah. So get a little brave no, and yeah. that stuff out there yeah. for sure. But with that being said, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about ways that they can, you know, technically do this right now. So yeah, obviously, you know, the phone, um, if you have, you know, some two-way texting ability with something like pet desk, what have you, but what are some other ways that you would recommend to just kind of quickly initiate this? Yeah, yeah. So um, again, I don't want to knock the telemedicine platforms because they're amazing, right? They, they right. allow you to capture information easily and integrate it seamlessly into your uh, practice management software, which is awesome. But people need to understand that that is in no way obligatory for launching telemedicine. Like tell you literally just need a means to communicate and a means to collect payment. And so um, a lot of people right now are using Skype, FaceTime, Google Hangouts, and Zoom, which are free or very low cost. And so it, the lowest barrier is just you figuring out how to use it and getting your clients to use it. And they're for most people who are at least a minimally amount of tech savvy, it's pretty easy and you can get video. Um, some of the platforms allow you to record, some don't. But again, recording video right now is not necessary for your medical record. Like it'd be great if you had it, but if you simply um, document what happened during that conversation, that is that is your medical record and you can do that. And so it's just a little more manual, right? And you use PayPal or Stripe to collect those payments. Um, I know we had talked a little bit about the legality of taking credit cards over the phone. That's totally up to you. Um, but, you know, these are manual. They're slightly more labor intensive, but it allows you again, like the big hassle here shouldn't be onboarding technology. It should be yeah. logistically understanding what you are and aren't comfortable handling in a video or call versus in person. Right. And I think, so I think those are some really helpful tips and I think it's going to kind of depend practice to practice, right? Like there's never a set solution yep. for everybody because maybe you have a team that loves technology and every single time you guys onboard something, everybody gets it right away. It's easy for you. You're good to go. Right. So maybe you do want to add in an app. But maybe, you know, that isn't who you are. You want to just kind of use something like Zoom and just make it easy right now and just yeah, like, <laughs> you know, my, my fear is that people completely say it's not doable for me because they're like, my clients are going to download this brand new app. 
up in this platform and that's weird and that's new to them. And I get that and I appreciate that. So, you know, have, have an option, have options. And so that's sort of our goal here for you, right. Is to give you options. And if you try it and you love it and you're like, okay, this is a lot of work. um, Then you can talk about those platforms. And I'm hoping to bring maybe some folks from those groups into the telemedicine group to talk about their services. But I just, I want people to know this is, um, this is about, communications like literally like how can you practice veterinary medicine with somebody on the other side of a door right and people like I can't do it at all (laughs) and I think I can't um, it's completely out of the question like well right 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 (laughs) exactly and I mean okay and it's at the end of the day I mean you're used to dealing with patients that can't speak to you you know what I mean so I the fact that you have a human translator to at least jump on the call you know, you can figure it out that you guys are smart. So I think that's the very first thing that we get on the human telemedicine side, because that's really who I've been looking to. I've been studying them because they've been doing this for literally 40 years. Like they, pediatrics is a huge use case scenario. And Mm -hmm. again, limited, um, you cannot treat a baby with a brain tumor over telemedicine, but you can sure as hell tell them, Hey, if their eyes are crossed, that's not a good sign. You need to go to the ER. Exactly you know, like things like that. So people underestimate the value of your advice that is outside of the realm of diagnosing. Um, When I was working with the tele-triage company, like the vast majority of people were off in how urgent the problem was. You know, half of them thought it was way more urgent than it was. And the other half had no clue that it wasn't. Right. Well, that's exactly why I use the term perceived emergency, right? So I, I mean, I answered clinic phones for the majority of my life still at this point. I'm 32 and I think the majority of my life was still <laughs> answering a clinic telephone because when, yeah. you're, when your dad owns the practice, it starts you early. And um, perceived emergency is such a good one. And that's why I brought up the ear thing because people think when their dog has an ear infection, it is stop everything, let's go. You know, So yeah. I, I think that is so, so true. Just being able to even just triage these things and make your clients feel at ease um, because that's what, you know, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a way to be at ease. And would you rather they have you as that resource or do you want them in the, you know, local community Facebook group asking all of these questions? You know, we, we complain, yeah, and- we complain when, when they do that stuff, but you right. got to offer them a, uh, an option. <laughs> And yeah, and, and kind of that's the other thing that I'm hearing a lot, and I would love your your thoughts on this as well, but people are like, how am I going to get them to pay for something that we've been doing for free? And mm-hmm. like, I don't really have an answer for that for you. It's kind of something you have to decide by yourself. Like if you, if you present this as something completely new, then people maybe aren't going to figure out <laughs> 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 that you used to do that for free on the phone because now yeah. there's a value add because it's a video. Um, but you know, if you how do you know unless you do it? Like well, if you I, offer right, it right. for free, then you're going to continue to offer it for free. Right. Like, well, I think so much of it has to do with adding a level of boundary and organization to it, right? You know, um, yeah. in general, I think things have really changed in terms of what we even like, you know, CSRs to say over the phone in the last couple of years, right? Yeah. From when I, when I started to what I see now is a totally different kind of thing. So that's because we were increasing our standard of care and we wanted to make sure people were coming in and paying for these appointments, right? So similar kind of setup here. If we look at 
you know, what Brandon Brashears has put together a great resource of how you can use something like Calendly so that somebody can auto book mm-hmm. an appointment and then jump on that appointment via Zoom and then pay for it. Um, so we'll make sure we link up that tutorial as well um, in the in the show notes here. But when you add that level of organization, it adds value because all of a sudden they see, oh, yeah. I can't just call you whenever during however long this pandemic issue issue situation that we're dealing with right now. We don't know what's going to go on here, right? So if you set the boundary early and say, hey, this is how, you know, we are limiting um, visits to emergencies only, but we still are here for you. This is where you can book. You know what I mean? If you set that boundary right off the bat, that I think is how you're able to charge for it. I mean, it happens to me as a consultant, right? People want to ask me questions all the time. I'll answer when I can, but it hits a point and you say, Hey, book with me and, and pay something. And it's the same exact kind yeah. of, uh, you know, thing that applies here. And I know, yeah. So <laughs> I know that's like a whole nother topic about just understanding. That. <laughs> yeah. But you know, yeah, it's all such like, it's all such uncharted territory. So I think we're really right. going to just have to lean on each other and and learn from each other but there's so many different scenarios here right you have that person who pays for their visit you decide whether it's full price or partial price or more like whatever you think um is appropriate but you're still providing like rather than having somebody who's like rushed on the phone talking to you on the fly Mm -hmm. somebody who's actually sitting down and listening to you and taking your case history like not only is that value for them with the advice now you have half of your appointment done if they do need to come in (laughs) And there's been that physical space, you know? <laughs> right. I'm like, is this where we should tell all my, uh, all the people that are my dad's clients about all the times that he was like answering phone calls and texts while he was like at a Patriots game or at Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like you'd actually exactly. be getting that undivided attention is what there you go see and that's how you frame this as something that you should be paying for. <laughs> oh my well, god. I mean, it's always been something we should be paying for right yeah. it's just now you yeah. have to decide are you willing to enforce it <laughs> for some reason the example of my dad at Cirque du Soleil when we were out at Western Vet Conference a couple years ago he was like nominated for Pet Plans Vet of the Year and like we had free time yeah. we go to Cirque du Soleil and I look over at him and my dad my dad is the one person that continued to use the BlackBerry Storm which was the phone everybody hated oh my God. and not only yeah. did he use it it was like this big it kind of was like a wannabe iPhone. He would use it sideways. So he was like oh, no. on it sideways. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my who God. are you talking to? And lo and behold, a pet owner. So <laughs> so that's where I'm yeah. like, guys, we're just adding a level of organization to that. And I think that's what we really want to know. Um, people, or what really want people to know about that. So I think yeah. That I think we can kind of start to see like, hey, this is this is just something where, you know, if you have that VCPR, whatever it means in your local area, figure out a means to communicate with people, have some organization to it. Um, and then, you know, it, this is more about just helping the people that you already help versus doing big, elaborate, you know, uh, anything crazy. Or it's just kind of making people feel supported during a really unstable time. I think if you frame it like that in your mind, it yeah. doesn't need to be something that's a big, scary change. Um, so I know we are putting together something that by the time the podcast comes out, it should either be out in the Snout School store or will just 
um, just be just about to be out in the Snout School store, but we're putting together a guide from you that kind of dives a little bit deeper into this. Um, so I'm super, super excited about that. Thank you for throwing that together in like three seconds. <laughs> I think that really speaks to how much of yeah. you are, right? Like people think if you can do something really fast, it's like less valuable or something sometimes, right? But actually the fact that, you know, Dr. Vogelsang was able to put something together <laughs> basically overnight, I called on her and I was like, we need this. We've got to do this now. That right alone to me speaks volumes of how much of an expert you are on the topic because I know it's probably been a little scary to become the overnight (laughs) expert on the topic as a (laughs) well yeah you know it was funny because I'm just like I guess I'll just go to the American Telemedicine Association just because like it's just I've been doing just because for six years I'm like I guess I'll I'll just research Kentucky's VCPRs, you know, and right. I mean, I know that we have organized medicine, AVMA is, is doing all these things as well. And I think that there's no, there's no stepping on toes or like jockeying for position here. Like we are all in this together. Um, yeah. But I also understand that one, like my position is be nimble. And I yes. don't think that's AVMA's tagline. So I'm trying to give you things you can do right now um, and the confidence to do it right now. One, yes. um, two, it, it is a paid organization and a lot of those resources are behind a paywall. So right. I, right. I just want, exactly. thank God my exactly. husband has a better job than I do. This could get interesting. And that's the thing is it's, we're trying to provide as many resources as we can. I think, Nimble is a great word, right? So I, I am somebody who is always just trying to give you guys quick, practical stuff to help you. Um, and that's exactly what the purpose of, of this podcast was, was just kind of quick, practical. How do you make this happen right now? You know, stop mulling it over. Let's go. That's always kind of yeah. how I am. Um, and yes, absolutely. Organized medicine, that is not their mantra. They're doing their best. And they also are really focused on so many other things right now. And yeah. I understand and, that. And, and if and, I yeah. could like bring all of that like full circle to one sentence, like, like you said, be nimble, be brave. I mean, we're all running around like being brave. Like you think you're doing all this and putting your license on your line. Like, remember, like all the, the stuff we're talking about is not illegal. Like I'm not asking you to break any state laws. And that's the thing I would like, get that through your head. Right. Right. <laughs> You're Don't not risking and offer them like random drugs. Don't do that. That would be wrong. No, <laughs> no. You're really well, like, you know, your- I'm not asking you to, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's going to be people out there doing things that push the boundaries, but you don't have to be one of them. Like right. just to- <laughs> Right. You're, right. you're not like, you're not a maverick. You're, you're literally right. just picking up your computer and looking at a picture of a hotspot and going, yeah, it's another hotspot. Like, you exactly. Know. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? I loved, um, Sarah Boston that, uh, does the cage liner. She had a post today. Um, oh my God. that was kind That's of brilliant. Like, hey, guys, this should, this should be your dream. Veterinarians get to practice without actually interacting with the human, like the human in real life. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think maybe everybody's a job off now. <laughs> exactly. Guess what guys it is your dream come true. So seize the day on it. Um, take some action on it, but I just, we want to encourage you guys to start planning for this preparing right now, because I think the reality is uh, as much as we are unsure of what's coming for us, um, we we can see that it's it's going to be a while before things get back to normal. So yeah, it's coming back. Um, yeah, 
it, you know, no I doubt it's going to suck. Already, I told you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think like, you know, for all of us, the goal here is like things are going to change and we just want you to be able to, to remain in business. You know, yes. you need our pets, pets need you. So let's just take a deep breath and and keep trying things out until we find the combination that works and, and help each other and share ideas and resources because we're going to need each other to get through this time. I think that summarizes everything I've wanted to say um, about telemedicine and beyond here. So I think you have definitely offered some very helpful tips, uh, which is exactly what this podcast is going to be about, about so many different topics. We just had to start with this one because of the current climate. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Vogelsang, for joining. Uh, Like I said, we will have a product uh, coming for you guys, a quick little guide about this stuff uh, so that you could kind of implement things and know what is and what isn't okay and get a little bit more specific on this. We will have that guide coming out for you in the Snout School store um, in the coming days. So most likely by the time you hear this, but uh, Dr. Vogel saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for being brave and willing to, uh, you know, make some faster choices and help support everybody that needs help right now. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.